Hello, everybody. I'm James. I am the pastor of the Freedom Moravian Church, and this is The Essentials. It's a little podcast to explore our faith a little bit further and to celebrate good news and hope that we see out there in the world. I hope that you're doing well. It has been a busy week for me. I just got back from a little leadership gathering that lasted a couple of days, and now that I'm back here at the church grounds, we are having some trees cut down and some branches trimmed. So there is equipment, there are people everywhere. Um, and if any of that grinding or sawing gets into the recording here, I apologize. I hope uh, you aren't able to hear that, but we will just make the best uh, that we can here. So I have for you our lesson from October 1st, this past Sunday, the lesson and then the message as well. So we were in Matthew chapter 21, and it was verses 23 through 32. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching. They asked, what kind of authority do you have for doing these things? Who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I have a question for you. If you tell me the answer, I'll tell you what kind of authority I have to do these things. Where did John get his authority to baptize? Did he get it from heaven or from humans? They argued among themselves. If we say from heaven, he'll say to us, then why didn't you believe him? But we can't say from humans because we're afraid of the crowd since everyone thinks John was a prophet. Then they replied, we don't know. Jesus also said to them, neither will I tell you what kind of authority I have to do these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. Now he came to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. No, I don't want to, he replied. But later he changed his mind and went. The father said the same thing to the other son, who replied, Yes, sir, but he didn't go. Which one of these two did his father's will? They said the first one. Jesus said to them, I assure you that tax collectors and prostitutes are entering God's kingdom ahead of you. For John came to you on the righteous road, and you didn't believe him. But tax, tax collectors and prostitutes believed him. Yet even after you saw this, you didn't change your hearts and lives, and you didn't believe him. Here ends the reading of our word. So it's the authority of Jesus that's front and center in Matthew's gospel for today. And the lectionary took us all the way back to Palm Sunday. Jesus and his triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. The crowds have called him a king. He has driven the people out of the temple who were turning it into a marketplace. He has healed and cared for people. And with all of this attention, the chief priests, those religious elite, were starting to get worried. They have been the ones trusted to interpret scripture and to determine what goes on in the temple. But now it seems that Jesus 
has something to say about all of that. He's taking an active role in how God's will is understood and experienced on earth. And in their attempt to slow down his momentum, these chief priests ask him, who has granted him this authority to do this? Who's given you the teaching or who's given you the permission to do the things that you're doing? It's a natural first step when you want to challenge someone that you disagree with. You can start to question their education or their experience. And the easiest solution would be to find a way to say that they aren't qualified to talk on such matters. So therefore, their opinion isn't worth listening to. When you have experience, though, when you have the training that you could say Jesus has, and you have the proper authority, there's generally not a lot left that people can say to discredit you. That's why the, this exchange with the chief priests was so very short. Jesus knew what he was doing. He knew the scriptures outlined God's will as doing justice, loving mercy. He knew he was blessed as God's son for his life on earth. And he's confident in what he's doing. He knows he has the authority to do it, so he doesn't flinch. And just two seconds after those religious elite are questioning him, then he turns it back on them, and they are the ones stumbling with, ah, we don't know, when Jesus confronts them. His authority leaves no room for debate. So now as they are humiliated, and fully aware of how unique Jesus is, how dangerous he is to their established authority. This scene will set in motion their desperate plan to silence him with the cross. So it turns out his authority can't be questioned. He doesn't need their permission to carry out these restoring and loving actions. And even they couldn't challenge him on that. It reminds me of an exchange on the floor of Synod that took place this past summer. And the work that's carried out at Synod stands as the direction and the action for the Greater Moravian Church for the upcoming four years. Our statements on social issues, our theology, the voice of the Moravian Church in the modern world comes directly from those discussions at Synod. And they're only signed off on when the body votes to approve them. So if you go to the microphone on the Synod floor to offer your two cents on a particular issue, you better have a firm hold on the authority that you carry. Your education, your experience, your beliefs need to stand strong. They need to be able to stand up to questioning. And while the general tone of Synod is positive and welcoming, people know that they're cared for and respected as they share their beliefs. But still, it is a massively intimidating thing to go up to that mic and to voice your desires for the future of our church. And knowing how tall of a task it is, 
That's what made it all the more surprising when one afternoon a new proposal was brought forward and it came to us in the form of five high school and college age students. They bravely went to the mic together in order to assert their authority and to tell the room full of 200 adults that our church needs to do better for them. They were attending Synod as youth delegates for our northern province. And the status of youth delegates is that you have a voice, but you don't have a vote on the Synod floor. So they could share their opinion. They could go up to the mic and talk to the church body. But when it came time to vote, they didn't have a ballot. And they pointed out that if you ask congregations what they'd change about their church if they could, what their biggest goal would be, that just about every single one would say how they wished the youth were more involved. And in many cases, much like with the youth delegates at Synod, churches cry and cry for younger voices just as long as they don't disrupt the established flow of things. Now, this group presented this proposal as members of the committee that plans our summer camps, as Sunday school and Bible study leaders, as active and faithful members of their congregations. And they said, if you want our churches to have a positive, hope-filled future, it's time you start empowering the next generation by giving them a vote in how that future unfolds. It was hard to find a flaw in their proposal or to challenge this new authority they were asserting. In fact, there was no discussion to be had other than countless voices raising their support in affirmation. We know they deserve a seat at the table. They deserve a say in what our church becomes. And their resolution was passed unanimously. And they were given a very rare standing ovation by the body of Synod for their efforts. Now, for the religious elite in that crowd, for those of us with our theological education, those of us who are trained to lead congregational life and are so invested in determining how our church moves forward, it was a wake-up call to our authority, I think. This was something different, something new and from new voices as well. Because the rules we have been following on this issue come from our Book of Order, the document that guides our very church. And just like any founding and informative document, our reverence and respect for it can prevent us from seeing when it's holding us back. Something being so established, so official, doesn't give it the authority to be untouchable. It can't stand on its own for all time. 
And when a new idea, a better idea comes along, one that embodies the faith, hope, and love that are the essentials of our Moravian church, that new idea or practice needs to be embraced as the guiding authority. Now, despite the authority that those in power claimed to possess, despite the control they knew and demanded over God's will on earth, Jesus brought them a new idea. Not one that was even contrary to scripture. He was following the message of the prophets, but he wasn't qualified by their standards. He didn't have the authority they thought he needed. But that didn't hold him back because he knew he had God's blessing to take action and to do the best thing possible. As if to say there's no wrong person, there's no wrong place, there's no wrong time to do the right thing. You always have the authority to bring hope and healing to the world. You always have the authority to empower people and to lift them up. And that is regardless of what practices have been in place. That's regardless of what an old document says or of what has been normal or accepted in our society. You have permission, you have authority granted to you by God to do the most loving thing at all times. And when doing so, when leaning on that love forces people to question their beliefs, when they challenge or question you for doing something that you supposedly aren't allowed to do, know that if you're truly acting out of service, if you are doing justice, loving mercy, then their trouble with you is really more about them. So embrace that authority given to you by God. Embrace it to bring hope and joy to the world in new ways. And if being too accepting, too forgiving, or too loving makes a few people uncomfortable along the way, then you are doing exactly what Jesus was able to do. Amen. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode. You can find out more about the church that I serve, the Freedom Moravian Church. You can check out our website. You can follow us on Facebook or worship with us on YouTube. You can learn more about the Moravian Church as a whole by going to moravian.org. So take care, be well, I'll catch you next time.